I'd like to begin the sermon by reading the poem that's printed in, uh, in your bulletin, in the light blue sheet here. It appeared, uh, it, it's been on YouTube, it's been on YouTube a while, uh, maybe you've seen it, uh, seen it there, um, <laughs> it's not like everything in the world isn't on there anyway. Um, I am part of a lost generation and I refuse to believe that I can change the world. I believe this may be a shock, but happiness comes from within is a lie and money will make me happy. So in 30 years, I will tell my children that they are not the most important thing in my life. My employer will know that I have my priorities straight because work is more important than family. I tell you this, once upon a time, families stayed together, but this will not be true in my era. This is a quick fix society. Experts tell me that. 30 years from now, I will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of my divorce. I do not concede that I will live in a country of my own making. In the future, environmental destruction will be the norm. No longer can it be said that my peers and I care about this earth. It will be evident that my generation is apathetic and lethargic. It is foolish to presume that there is hope. And all of this will come true unless we choose to reverse it. Now that's an uplifting way to start the sermon. Uh, after such great music and a children's story of something, yeah. Um, poor Gwen. Lucky Gwen, yeah. Lucky Gwen. I have felt that way. I have felt like I want to be lethargic, that I feel like there's no hope. Uh, there are days when I think, just don't bother me. Just leave me alone. Parts of that poem seem true. Then I want to say, wake up. Wake up. Don't be lethargic. Wake up. This can reverse. Wake up is a reversal. We've been talking about the awakening, the great awakening that the church is on the verge of. You know, awake, move from darkness to light, move from inactivity to activity, move, move from ignorance to being alert. You know, awake. Jesus came out of the wilderness and proclaimed, Repent, the kingdom of God is near. Another way of saying that is, Jesus came out of the wilderness and said, wake up, wake up, turn around, which is what repentance means, turn around, reverse things, look at life differently. There is hope. Jesus, um, you know, spent most of his ministry reversing things, telling the people to look at things in another way. Yeah. The last shall be first. Reverse that. The least shall be the greatest. Reverse that. God's secrets are not given to the wise. They're given to children. That's a reversal. The resurrection is a reversal of death. 
The healings are a reversal of bad health and illness. So much of Jesus' ministry is a reversal. His calling of the disciples is actually a reversal. These are people um, that were passed over by the other rabbis. The other rabbis didn't want them uh, when they got of age because they weren't considered worthy of teaching. Jesus, this rabbi, sees them as worthy. Jesus actually, in calling the disciples, reverses how we see religion. Normally, we see religion as what we believe and then how we act, and then if we decide we join a church or join a religious body. And maybe we do and maybe we don't. It's considered optional. But with the important thing traditionally is what do we believe and how do we act? Not so much what do we belong to. Jesus reverses that. He calls them first. He says, belong to me. Follow me. Belong to me. Be with me. And learn how I act. Do what I do. Practice what I practice. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Give drink to the thirsty. Care for people. Reverse it. Don't think first. Act first. And then Jesus says, then you'll believe. He doesn't ask until chapter 16, who do people believe that I am? The belief question comes very late in Jesus' ministry. It's belonging and behavior that come first. And if we think about something like the resurrection, we always think about resurrection as what do we believe intellectually. But for Jesus, it's belong to a resurrection group. Belong to a group that believes in new life and new starts. And then follow their practices that offer new life and new starts. And then you'll believe in the resurrection. One of the great reversals here in Jesus' ministry is when he says to the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. No longer fishers of fish, but fishers of people. Fish was really important in that society. Towns were named after fish. Fish was the economy. Fish was um, like oil nowadays or real estate nowadays. You know, fishing was the income. It would put bread on the table and fish on the table. It was the substance of life. It's, it's what the economy was based on. It's what trade was based on. And Jesus comes along and says, we're going to reverse that a bit. Fish for people. People are important. That's what's important. There's a reversal here for Jesus in how people are seen. They're not a means to an end. They're an end. They're not to be exploited. They're not to be used. They're to be loved and cared for. This fall, for several Sundays, uh, um, Soraya Miller was here at our services. She's making the documentary for, for, with the Columbus Opera, and the documentary film will be shown on, on transgender people will be shown in November. And she was here uh, observing our worship services um, and, and, and interviewing transgender members of our church. 
to integrate our church into the documentary film. <laughs> she interviewed me, and um, her first question to me was, I believe that King Avenue Church is about stewardship. Please comment on that. I thought, I never thought of King Avenue in terms of stewardship. I don't know what to say. And the camera was rolling, and I just stared at her. And I thought, well, I hope she can edit this. And, 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 I, and I just started talking, um, and, and it dawned on me what she meant by her question and her comment was, She'd come here several Sundays to just get the feel of this church so she would know what to, what to film. And she thought we were about stewardship of people. By what we did in worship and what we announced and what she learned about our, our activities here and how, how she observed us interacting was that we were saying that people were important, people were worth nurturing, people were worth nourishing, people were worth preserving and protecting. That's what we do when we are stewards of something. We care for it. We treasure it. And she thought our ministry was about stewardship. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat that she came and thought that's what we were stewards of people, that people were critical and important and significant. Among the um, speeches that were given in defense of the banner, A.J. Casey, the executive director of Stonewall, uh, gave a presentation at each of the three hearings. And the analogy she made to the banner was to the Underground Railroad. And she said that, you know, in the Underground Railroad, people escaping from the south to the north would look for houses that had candles in the window. And that was a signal to the refugee that this was a safe house. And she said that the banner is like that candle in the window that it's a, um, it's a signal to people that this is a safe place, that this is a sanctuary, that you are welcome here. She went on to say that, you know, certainly the sign was worth saving because it was such a strong signal to the LGBT community. But she said, you know, further, the church itself is the strong signal because of the people it welcomes. And then she ended by saying, it's about the most important sign in this city because it's what we need to hear, that all are welcome. And that's what we need to see. And I, you know, as she talked, she also talked about it's not only a sign and a light in the window for, for LGBTQ persons, it's a light for college students. She talked about 
foreign students who come here knowing that this is a hospitable place. And at Morning Blend, one of the students from, from another country talked about how her dad saw the banner and said, you go to church there, you'll be welcome. Yeah. It's a welcome sign for the neighborhood, our church. This is Stewardship Sunday. It's when we talk about giving. And we talk about stewardship of money. Well, stewardship of money is important. I, um, I've almost started avoiding Bill Meadows and Brenda Bowers, the chair of trustees, because every time I see them, they'll say, did you get my email about the latest bid? You know, the bid about the tuck pointing, the bid about the furnace, the bid about the air conditioning, the bid about the parking lot. Um, just for example, we've got a bid for the tuck pointing of the, of the old building. Um, it's over $70,000. Uh, the boiler is, is, you know, we're looking at probably $100,000. Um, stewardship is important, but stewardship of people is what we're about. Our building itself is a ministry. Howard referred to the 12-step programs. There are at least 10 12-step programs that meet here and find that all are welcome. Our building is a ministry. Cap Pride will have concerts here in November, and they find us a home on Tuesday nights. Gay Men's Chorus will be here for the Joy Concerts in December. Friday night, the Mid-Ohio Workers' Union had a safe Halloween party for their children. North Central Mental Health will have their, have their thank, uh, Christmas dinner here. Groups use our building. Neighborhood groups have meetings here. Our building is important in and of itself. The rest, a large hunk of our budget, most half of our budget probably goes to salaries. But every staff member here is about the stewardship of people, that people are important. Yeah. It's hard to think of any staff person for whom that is not the first priority. Yeah. When we think about giving, often we think about what do I get out of it? Well, I think in most cases, you might not get anything out of your gift to King Avenue. But be assured that many people get something out of your gift to King Avenue, that they find that light in the window. At the end of this passage in the Scripture, it says, um, Jesus called them to follow, and immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed him. People are bothered by that immediately. I've been bothered by that immediately. My gosh, don't they think it over a little bit? Immediately they follow. Here's what I think that means. I can think about doing something, and I can decide to do it, but I really haven't done anything until I do it. You know, Susan and I... Um, 
we'll finish watching a TV show and it'll be about 8.30 and we'll say, well, it's time to go to bed. And not that early, not that. But, and we'll, and we'll say, well, I, I'm going to go to bed. And then we continue to sit there. Because yeah. we can't get the energy to get up. Well, I, I'm going to go to bed. Okay, okay, go. And we continue to sit. You know. uh, after the next commercial. And then finally one of us gets up and it seems like immediately somebody got up and went to bed. You know, I'm gonna, I love Susan, and I'm going to tell Susan I love her. I'm going to tell Susan I love her. I'm going to tell Susan I love her. Maybe tonight. I'm going to tell her I love her. Tomorrow might be better. I'm going to tell her. Maybe tomorrow night will be better. You know, it's not until I tell her that I love her that she knows that. It's not until I act on it. And that seems like, well, immediately... I did it. I'm going to fill out a pledge card. I'm going to complete a pledge. I'm going to complete a pledge card. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. No, it's really, I'm going to fill out a pledge card. And immediately, I did it. I did it. Our giving is important for the stewardship of people. Most of you got the pledge letters. We're asking that those of you who pledge increase your pledge by 10% and give $20 a month to the building fund. And if you haven't had the opportunity to pledge yet, we're asking you to pledge $20 a month and $10 a month to the, to the um, building fund. It's a start. Every gift is important, whether you've been here forever or whether you've been here two weeks. Every gift is important for the stewardship of people. I'd like to read this poem again, but reverse it. Because we're a people of reversal. There is hope. It is foolish to presume that my generation is apathetic and lethargic. It will be evident that my peers and I care about this earth. No longer can it be said that environmental destruction will be the norm. In the future, I will live in a country of my own making. I do not concede that 30 years from now I will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of my divorce. Experts tell me this is a quick-fix society. But this will not be true in my era. Families stayed together once upon a time. I tell you this. Family is more important than work. I have my priorities straight because my employer will know that they are not the most important thing in my life. So 30 years from now, I will tell my children, money will make me happy is a lie. And happiness comes from within. I realize this may be a shock, but I can change the world. And I refuse to believe that I am part of a lost generation. 
we can reverse cynicism and bring hope. Our stewardship of money and our stewardship of people can help put a light in the window that's not temporary, but permanent. May it be so. Amen.